Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now, let's jump into this week's message.
Come on. Give it up for this band, rocking it all month long. I may be a little biased, but they're the best band in the land. Come on, somebody. Wow, wow. I, I, I love these lyrics. They say, aren't you tired of trying to fill that void? Are you happy in this modern world, or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? Today, I want to talk about the topic of addiction. 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 By raising your hand, how many know somebody in your life whose life has been wrecked by addiction? Raise your hand. Hands up everywhere. Don't raise your hand on this one. But how many of you in here today are one of those addicts? How many of you in here today are trying to fill this void, searching for something more? And I know what some of you are thinking. Man, this is a message where I'm just going to clock out for a minute, Jacob, because I'm not addicted to anything. I want to let you know today addiction comes in all different shapes and forms. All different variety, the enemy tries to get us addicted. The different forms of addiction, yes, there's the drugs, the pills, the alcohol, the cocaine, the meth. There's people who are addicted to gambling. There's people who are addicted to pride, anger, fear. The list goes on. There are some people who are addicted to selfies, <laughs> I didn't mean to talk about you, but. And then there are some people like your pastor that are addicted to shoes. Come on, somebody. Pray for me. I'm on the struggle bus, y'all. Addiction finds us all, and addiction can be defined as this. Anything that I do that I don't want to do, but I won't stop doing. Now I want you to lean into me for the next 27 minutes and 51 seconds. Because I believe God is about to speak to each and every heart here today and every person listening. And I believe somebody's going to walk away totally transformed and changed by the power of God. Do you believe that today? This is a strong word all day, all day. Addiction, anything that I do, I don't want to do it, but I, but I just can't seem to stop doing it. Let's go to the scriptures, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. This is Paul speaking, and he says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not with weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought. Someone say every thought. To make it obedient to Christ. Very interesting. Paul's speaking. He says, hey, we don't wage war like the world does. We, we, no, no, no. We, we don't use those kind of natural weapons. We have some spiritual weapons in our arsenal. Amen. We have the armor of God. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the sh shoes of peace. We have the belt of truth. We fight wars different. We fight on our knees, not with guns and knives. Come on now. Are you hearing me? And Paul's saying we're in a war. 
In case you didn't know it, newsflash, for those of you who thought you came to Christ and everything was gonna be gravy and the sun was gonna set every night and you were just gonna sing Kumbaya with your family, not, the devil hates you, you're in a war. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy you and everything attached to you. And Paul's letting us know we have divine power to demolish strongholds, strongholds, addictions. We have power to demolish them. Strongholds, what are they? Strongholds are that part of your life that won't let go. It's that addiction. It's that trap. It's that vice that you turn to. You know what it is. You know what it is. I know what it is in my life. You know what it is. And the Bible says we demolish arguments. Someone say arguments and pretensions. So arguments come from the enemy. How many of you had some arguments this week with your enemy? He told you you weren't enough. He told you you're a dirty, rotten sinner. He told you you'll never make it. He told you you'll go, go back to that lifestyle. You'll do this. You'll do that. Arguments. He said we, we demolish arguments and pretension. What does he do? He pretends to be something that he's not. What does he do? He, 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 he knows the truth. Do you know the devil knows the truth? Yes, he does. He's a fallen angel. He's a fallen angel from heaven. He used to lead praise and worship. He used to be up here with a guitar leading praise and worship. Come on, somebody. And he fell. He knows the truth, but when he fell, he started to pervert the truth. So what is the opposite of the truth? A lie. He only knows to lie to you and I. He pretends that the lie is the truth. Stay with me. He pretends that the lie is the truth. And very interesting, this word stronghold. Someone say stronghold. In the Greek translation, how the Bible was translated when it first got written, it was translated in Greek and Hebrew. The Greek word for translation means this, a prisoner locked by deception. A prisoner locked by deception. Some of you have been lied to, and some of you have taken the bait of the enemy. You've been lied to and you've believed the lie to the point that you're living a life by something that is not true. You're a prisoner. You're a prisoner. The word stronghold means you, 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 are, you are a prisoner locked up, chained up by deception. Deception by a lie. And we've believed a lie. Addiction is anything that I do that I don't want to do, but I won't stop doing. Oh, we all have some addictions in our life that if they weren't in our lives, our life would be a whole lot better. I said we all got some things in our life that we can look at and say, I really shouldn't be doing that. I really shouldn't be having that. I really shouldn't be hanging out with that. I really shouldn't be. If I didn't have them in my life, my life would be a whole lot better. All of us in here have that within our lives. Addiction comes in all different forms. For some, it could be anger. You need your anger to get things done because that's what your dad did when you were small. He got angry, and when he got angry, everybody moved. And so now you're just carrying it on to the next generation, and so you get angry. And you like to, you like to uh, in your mind, think that I can only get them to clean their room. I can only get them to do this if I get angry. I got to raise my voice. I got to yell. I got to scream. If I don't get angry, no one will ever do anything around here. We think that. We say that. We're addicted to anger. Some of us are addicted to control. We, we, we must be in control over every situation. 
if I'm not in control, I'm just going to end up getting hurt like the last time. I got to be in control to the point where you control your kids to the point your kids don't even like to be around you. Come on, I'm here to help you today. I'm here to help us today. We're addicted to all kinds of things. When we're addicted to control, we can't let things go. We don't let anybody in because we want to be in control. Some of us are addicted to materialism. We think money means security and security means happiness. So I've got to have more of that in order to have security. So I got to work more and I got to, I, I got to, I got to have my kids with the latest and greatest at all costs. I'll sacrifice it. I'll do whatever. It does not matter. I want stuff. Stuff is controlling you instead of God controlling you. Some of us are addicted to fear. Imagine that. Our thought is, I know something bad is about to happen. I can feel it. I, can feel, I just know, and it's my job to stop it. Addicted to fear. No one else seems worried about it, but I can't keep from worrying about it. We're addicted to fear. Some of us are addicted to our TV and our cell phone. Come on, somebody. Let me lighten it up a little. Some of you looking too serious. We're addicted to this. And, 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 and our kids are growing up, and we don't even see it because we're in this. The latest game, the latest app. Come on now. We're texting and talking to everybody else but those who live under our roof. I can't get no help up in this church today. I came to preach, and I feel good in my tie-dye shirt. We're missing our kids. We're missing our marriage because we're in this. We're more married to this. We're more in love with this than we are them. Hmm? All I need is the screen. It helps me escape from reality. So we watch TV hours on end when we could be out throwing the ball with our son. We could be out with our daughter and we're letting a screen run our life. We're addicted. We're addicted to this. Kids are addicted, but so are adults. My Lord, I drive on 31. I see half the people in here driving going 70 miles per hour. You wonder why the number one cause of death now in automobile accidents is text and driving. People dying every day because of it. Because we're in our screen. We're addicted. We can't put it down. Is this okay today? Just hang on. Some of us are addicted to overeating. If I can just eat more, then I'll find comfort. Food is a better friend to me than they are. And so we go to food. It's what we run to when life doesn't go right. Because we all run to something. We all run to some vice. We all run to some kind of substance. We all run to something in our lives that when life doesn't turn out the way we think it would and we're mad and we're discouraged and we're upset and our, our, uh, our, our idea of the way life should be didn't turn out the right way, we run to something. And some of you, it's, you run right to food. You say, it's nice to me. It makes me feel good. Some of us are addicted to skepticism. Everybody's out to get me. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody at my job. I don't trust anybody in this church because I got hurt. And so you're, you're, you're addicted to it. You're always looking over your shoulders. No one is who they say they are. Everyone is fake. I don't trust them. Everybody's out to get me. Hmm? And the last thing that all of us find ourselves addicted to at some point in our lives is escapism. Escapism. What does that mean? I'll do whatever it takes 
to kill or numb the pain that I'm feeling right now. I'll do whatever it takes. I, I don't want to feel this. I'm hurt by a relationship. I don't want to feel that. I'm hurt by life. They did me wrong. And I'll do whatever I can to escape the re my current reality, to go to a place that will give me a temporary fix, a temporary feeling, even though I know when I come down off of that, i got to go back to reality, and I'll keep doing the cycle. I'll do whatever it takes when life gets hard, when I get upset, and I don't want to deal with it or deal with them. I'll go to the bottle. I'll go to the pills. I'll go to my hit. I'll go to the women on my screen, the men on my screen. I'll go to shopping. I'll go to spending. I'll go to sports. I'll go to work. We all have something we run to. Are we all on common ground now? Okay, thank you. Because you thought it was just people addicted to drugs. But now you're about to see today it's so much more than that. You're about to see today that there is hope in Jesus that he doesn't want you to be addicted to anything. Anything that I do that I don't want to do but won't stop doing. Notice it says won't stop doing. It doesn't say I can't stop doing it because you can stop doing it. Because there's freedom in the power of Christ. It is by Christ that we are set free. It's just some people don't want to stop doing it. And I came to preach to you today and to tell you some lies that addiction tells us. Some lies. The only way to find out the truth is to expose the lies first. The only way. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You better know the lies first so the truth can be revealed. So I want to give you a few lies that addiction tells us. Are you ready for it? First, let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 21. Look at this. Paul says this. So I find this law at work. Although I want to be good, evil is right there with me, for in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me what? A prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man that I am. Paul says, I know God's word. That's what he's saying. I, I know God's word and I want to do good, but I don't do good. And there's this war in between me. There is a war waging. There's a battle going on in my mind. I want to do good, but this demon keeps coming at me. And Paul's saying, I love God, but I got this addiction. I got this hang up. I got this hurt. And I can't seem to stop doing And Paul ends it with, I don't even like myself. I don't even like who I see in the mirror. This has got me all twisted, all in my feelings, because I don't even like who I see because I'm teeter-totting back and forth, and I want to do good, and I want to serve God, but I keep going here. I keep doing this. I, I keep get, allowing that to bring me comfort and fulfillment. I keep thinking that's going to fill the void, but it never does, and I don't like me. What a wretched man that I am, Paul says. Hmm? He said, this war, this war, this war that I'm going on, it's happening in my mind. The battlefield is the mind. The battlefield is the mind. You take control of your mind, you take control of your life. You take control of your mind, you take control of your marriage. You take control of your mind, you take control of your money, your kids, and every area of your life. The battle is right here. It's about six, seven inches. For some of you, it's 10 inches. Got you to laugh. So here's a few lies that addiction tells us. Number one, 
The number one addiction lie is this. It has become a part of my identity. I'm labeled for life as an addict. I'll always be labeled. I'll always be an addict. I'll always be an alcoholic. Listen, friends, you need to stop saying that. God blessed the 12 steps, but they got that part wrong. I said they got that part wrong. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. You are not that which you did. You have been free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Stop confessing something that you were. You are not that. You are, I'm sorry, you are not that. God bless you. If you work with 12 set, I'm all for it, but they got that wrong. We don't confess what we were. We confess who we are. That was our old nature. Now we have a new nature in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have been forgiven. I have been accepted. I am not an alcoholic. I'm not going to identify with my past because when I do, when I say that with my mouth, I have one hand on my past and one hand on my future, and I can't move forward because I'm still holding on to, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. Can't do it. Can't do it. And, and when I confess that, I'm confessing a lie. And the Bible says it's the truth that sets you free. So start confessing the truth of God's word. Start confessing who you are in Christ. Because, because in the sight of God, you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. You are not the sin that you committed. You are not the mistake that you, you made a mistake, but you are not that mistake. You did sin, but you are not that sin. Come on, somebody. You are who God says you are. Not who your family says you are. I, they try to identify you and label you for life. Oh, always be a whatever, meth head. Always be a pill head. You tell them to stop right now in the name of Jesus and tell them my pastor said so. Amen. That's what you tell them. That's what you tell them. Stop confessing that. That's my old identity. That man is dead. The only way I talk about that man is to give someone else hope. That if God set me free, he can do it for them. Because we overcome the blood of the lamb, the, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You give the devil a black eye every time you share your testimony. Oh, I got a good word today. God sees who you are gonna become. He sees the potential, the greatness. He sees the best in you. You need to start siding with who God says you are. God is pleased with you. Did you hear that? Well, Pastor Jacob, I just don't believe that. God's pleased with me. I'm sinning and I'm doing this. No, he's not pleased with your behavior or your sin. He's pleased with you because you're his child. You're his daughter. You're his son. And a good daddy is still pleased even though he may not agree with the behavior of his kids. They are his kids. I'm preaching way better than you're letting on in the back row. You are accepted, you are loved, you are valued, you are forgiven. Stop letting people put an identity of the past on you. You are who God says you are, lie number one. Lie number two, when I try to quit but fail, I feel increasingly hopeless. Yep, been there, done that. I feel like, what's the point? What's the point? I feel... Hopeless, nothing's ever going to change. I don't, I don't even know if I believe this word now. And we have doubts because hopelessness sets in. I, is, is, is what they're saying at church even real? Is God even real? Because I, I can't seem to overcome this. Hmm? I feel like there's, there, there, there's, 
There's no way out. You feel hopeless. And when there's no hope, hopelessness invites his cousins to the table. And they set up a meeting with you. And all the cousins show up. Depression shows up. Next knock on the door is oppression. Next knock on the door is suicide thoughts. The next knock on the door is nobody would care if I'm even here. No one had even noticed at church. No one had even noticed at my job. And they try to have a family meeting with you to get you to think you'll never get out of this. You'll never get free from this. But I came to tell you today that the devil is a liar. I need you to know there are no hopeless cases when it comes to Christ. That he sees something great in you. He sees value in you when you don't even see it. Oh, oh he calls you names like, like you are chosen, that you are called. He, he says, you are my son and daughter. He says, I fearfully and wonderfully made you. Even while you're in your addiction, God calls you his own he doesn't put you out for adoption some of you acting like you adopted no he's your daddy he's your real daddy you got the bloodline of your daddy Stop acting like you're a stepchild and adopted. Stop acting like you don't have no father. No, you got a heavenly father who loves you. There is hope. I'm here to tell you the Bible says he is the God of hope who fills you with joy and peace as you trust in him. For as long as we serve a God who raises the dead, he is never out of hope. He has an unlimited supply of hope for you. He is the ultimate <laughs> hope dealer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> lie number three. Addiction lies. Any threat to my addiction becomes a threat to me. Any threat to my addiction, anyone threatens me about my addiction becomes a threat to me. Become very defensive. At the very thing you were doing. You try to justify it. And people have approached you. And mainly people that live under the same roof as you. Because those are the people we hurt the deepest. It's those we're related to. It's those that we live with that we hurt the deepest. And those are the ones coming to us. <laughs> Can we talk? I think you're having one too many drinks. Every night. I, I, think, you're, I think those pills got you. Can we, can we talk about, I see some signs and I want to help you. And you get defensive. And you get defensive. And we say, it doesn't have control over me. I can put it down at any moment. And we're believing a lie. Because we can't. And we won't. I'm good. I'm not drunk. I'm not high. I'm good. We get defensive. I can stop at any time. And why are you always on me? You never trust me. Why are you always looking around the corner like I'm doing something? Because you are. You're an addict. Let's come to grips with it, church. Let's talk about some real issues. Because there's hope in the end. There's hope in the end. And this is a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the devil, and you'll never be free until you say, I need help. 
I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. I, I, I've gone too far, and, and I, I, I've tried to beat it on my own, but I, I failed. And then you begin to realize that I do have a problem, and maybe the ones closest to me are the ones that I've treated the worst. Maybe I need to make some things right with them. And maybe they loved me more than I ever knew they loved me, but I thought they were a threat to my addiction because I didn't want to quit, and I didn't think I could quit. And then you realize that those people are for you, and you realize you have a church that's for you. And most of all, you realize you have a God that's for you, that he doesn't throw on the towel on you. He doesn't say, oh, they've gone too far. He says, I'm here with open arms. Fourth addiction lie is this. You think that you're beginning to lose your life. You think, my life is done. I've gone too far. There's no turning back. I might as well just keep going on this road. There's no way my marriage can be restored. There's no way my money can get in a line. There's no way I can get another house. There's no way I'll have another car. There's no way my kids will forgive me. And you think your life is done. You're at the point of no return. You're at the point where I don't know if I, I have the strength. So I might as well just keep using I might as well keep going to that. I might as well stay with that anger. I might as well stay with this or that. But I need you to know this, that God can do more in the latter part of your life. God can do more in the latter part, and God can use your story in a greater way if you do not give up. Don't you dare give up. Your life is not over. Your life is just beginning. If you're not dead, God is not done with you. He's not done. So, so you got one bad chapter. You got two bad chapters. Okay, you got three bad chapters. But you got a whole book. Turn the page and start new. Start anew because his mercies are new every morning. You get a fresh start. A new beginning starts today. You can make the rest of your life the best of your life. You can't change there, but you can make the rest of your life the best of your life. I'm talking to somebody today. The last lie, the last lie we hear is this. I ease the pain by getting my next fix. If I can just get my next fix, whatever that is, whether it's a substance, a relationship, whatever it is, whether it's materialism, if I can ease the pain, If I just do one more time, then then I'll ease it. But you don't. You never ease the pain. You only mask the pain. You only cover it for a season. You only cover it. It's always there because you're not getting to the root of the matter. The fruit is the substance, the pills, the anger, the lust. The root is much deeper, friend. And you got to allow Jesus to get to the root of that thing. This is just the manifestation of what's in, in your heart, the root matter of it. It's being manifested. The behavior that's being manifested is the fruit of the root. And you got to get down to the root of the matter. Until you deal with it, you'll never be done with it. I said, until you deal with it, you'll never be done with it. The root. Addiction, anything that I do that I don't want to do, but I won't stop doing. Addiction, anything that I do 
that I don't want to do. Paul said, I feel miserable. What a wretched. I feel like garbage after I do it. After I come down, I feel the shame. I feel the guilt. I feel the hurt that I caused my family. I don't want to do it. I won't stop doing it. What do we do, Jacob? What do we do? Paul said in Romans 7, 24, I've tried everything and nothing helps. Listen to Paul. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there anyone who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? And then he answers his own question. The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. 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 He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind. You're good people. You want to serve God. You love God. But I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Paul said, my answer, I got it now. I'm waging war. I'm being in this battle every day and I I do what I don't want to do and I want to do good and I love God and I come to church and I tithe and I serve but I keep going back but I know the answer now I know the answer to getting free from this addiction it's Jesus Christ it's Jesus Christ it's Jesus Christ, because Jesus is, Jesus is the great void filler. Jesus is the one I can depend on. Jesus is what I've been searching for. It's all about Jesus. He's the answer. He's the answer. Freedom is found in Christ. I'm all for programs. I'm all for treatment centers and rehabs. But your freedom is found when you realize that Jesus can fill the void you're trying to fill. Jesus can be the one you depend on instead of a substance or a person or a thing. And Jesus is what I've been searching for. He's it. Period. Not a comma. Period. He's it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And once you realize that, everything changes for you. Everything. Everything changes. Because you can go to a rehab every other month and still not be free. Until you tap into the answer. Paul said, I know what it is now. I know what it is. The void. I know. The dependence. What I've been looking for. It's Jesus. I got to surrender. Takes two hands to surrender. Because when you surrender, you drop everything in your hands. Everything you've depended on, everything you've tried to fill that void with, everything you've been searching for falls to the ground when you surrender your hands to a loving Father who is ready to take you in, who is ready to help you, who is ready to walk with you, and who has a body of believers, a church that is ready to journey with you through getting free. Because Galatians 5.1 says this, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anybody put a harness of slavery around you. Take your stand and say, he who the sun sets free is 
free indeed, period. Take that devil, take that world, take that drug dealer. I'm not coming back to you. I am free. I am free because of Jesus. Somebody give God a praise today. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You tell someone. You get help. You come by the church. You email us. You call us. And you tell us you want help. And we'll connect you. We'll connect you with faith-based programs, faith-based people who can counsel and walk with you through it. It happens every week, church, here. Every week. There's not a week that goes by that someone isn't getting help from addiction here. That's what this church is. That's what the Westfield campus is gonna be. Well, you know, they got money there. They got three and four car garage. Yeah, they do. They got money. They got suits and ties. And they're addicted to painkillers. They're addicted to cocaine. They're addicted to heroin. Just because you got money don't mean you don't have addiction. Actually, you got a greater chance of having addiction because you got money to buy it. We're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna be the hope dealers. Well, I'm not addicted to a substance. I got other stuff. Yeah, we know. Deal with the anger. Deal with the lust. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with the materialism. What do I do? What do I do? Get faith-based counseling. It amazes me. We wait till our marriage is falling apart to get help. It amazes me. I told you last week, I see a counselor now. I see a counselor now. I see a, a guy who was a pastor for like 30, 40 years who counsels me. Why? Because I want to stay good. Not because I got an issue. Well, I do have issues. Just ask my wife. But I want to stay right. And we think, oh, well, counseling, that's, oh my gosh, you're messed up. You're so screwed up. You got to go to counseling. You're so weak. No, I'm so strong that I get counseling. That's why I'm strong. Because I get wisdom. I get godly advice from people who are further along from me. I get godly advice from marriages that have been going for 30, 40 years and are strong and are honoring God in their marriage. And so... You're addicted to something else. Get help. Tell somebody. Stop by. Call the church. Email us. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. We want to help you. We want to go. Well, I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know what you'll think of, a, think of me. <laughs> what we'll think of you, we'll look up to you. We'll look higher up to you because you came and you said, I want help. You didn't stay sitting there in that addiction and say, I don't, I'm not, I don't need help. I can fight it on my own. I can, no, you can't fight it on your own. We'll look up to you. Because we all got something that we cannot fight on our own that we have to give to Christ. And we need some people to walk with us through it. You're not called to do life alone. Some of you are so lonely. You're trying to battle it on your, you can't do it on your own. You need a group. You need people in your life. Come on out. You got to do life with people where you can take the mask off. So I love small groups. I love what God is doing. 300 people in small groups. My Lord, these people's lives are flourishing and growing while some of you are sitting there and just watching the pictures go by of all the great groups and all the people growing in Christ and you're just sitting there wishing. Stop wishing and get in a group. A few weeks we'll be doing the fall semester. Get in a group. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. Holy Spirit, do your work. We all got something in our life that we run to. We all got a vice we all got something to fill that void. We all got something that's a dependency in our life. We all got something we're searching for. So, Lord, speak to our hearts individually. 
We thank you for your grace and your mercy that loves us right where we're at, but loves us so much that it doesn't want us to stay where we're at and gives us an opportunity to change, an opportunity to get help. We're grateful for what you're doing in this church, for all the people that are getting free, all the strongholds that are being broken, all the lies that are being shattered. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. Now, while your head is bowed and eyes are closed, you may be here today. Maybe you're far from God. What does that mean? You've never accepted Jesus into your life. He wants relationship with you. It's not just about coming to church. That's part of it. But he wants relationship, a daily relationship with you. And it all starts with this prayer of surrender that we're going to pray with you in just a moment. So if you're sitting out there, you say, Jacob, that's me. I'm ready to give my life to Christ for the first time. Or I'm ready to come back to God. I used to follow Christ, but I've fallen away for whatever reason. doesn't matter. And we're not here to embarrass you, to make you stand up or come up front. But before we pray with you, I just want to see who I'm talking to today. If you say, Jacob, that's me. Include me in on this prayer. I'm ready to give Jesus my life. I'm ready to surrender once again. Throw that hand up real quick. Throw it up. Throw it up. Throw it up. Yep, yep, yep. Who else? Who else? Yep, over there. Over there. Over here. Yep. Who else? Come on, throw it up. If you were to put your head on your pillow tonight for the last time, do you know where eternity is for you? Do you know where it is? If you are unsure unsure where eternity is. Throw that hand up right now. I want to make sure that you're good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Yeah. Thank you. I want to make sure you're good with God. If you were to take your last breath today, something tragic would happen. I want to make sure you're good with God. Come on, throw it up, sir. Ma'am, you're thinking about it. Just throw it up. We're not going to call you up front or anything like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Awesome. 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 Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Come live in me, and I will live for you in Jesus' name. Somebody give God a praise clap. Come on. Let him know. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.